The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. With home security, there's two ways you can go about protecting your home. There's a traditional way we wait weeks for a technician to do a messy installation that costs a small fortune. Or there's the other way, Simply Safe. Simply Safe is everything you need in a home security system. It's a warring protection. Two-time winner sent at a choice award. Simply Safe blankets your home in safety. You get comprehensive protection for your entire home. Outdoor cameras, doorbells, the alert your table approaching your home, entry motion, glass break sensors guard inside. And you even barely notice it's there. But what's truly remarkable is you can set this all up yourself. Anyone can do it. It takes 30 minutes to an hour tops. There's absolutely no trust for your safety. And it's also 50 cents a day with no contracts. That's why the Verge calls Simply Safe the best home security system. Go to simplysafe.com slash team today. Get free shipping and a 60-day risk-free trial. You've got nothing to lose. All the safety to gain. So go now. Go to simplysafe.com slash team. That's simplysafe.com slash team. All right, guys. Welcome to our Pit Panther Rants, another Sports Rants podcast. It's Vlad Harris. Happy Thursday. Although it's, you know, I guess you can still, still say it's hump day because, you know, I still haven't gone to bed yet. But it's the middle of the week. Uh, I'm off on Friday. I'm just taking, you know, work requires to take three days off of PTO, so I'm taking my first day off on Friday. I was going to take Monday off, but then I had some stupid two-hour conference that I just had to be there for because, you know, we have projects that are still going on, and we just got to make them go. It's all we can do at this point, and, you know, this one... Has to keep moving and yeah, just how it is. I mean, we're cleared to go back on May 4th because Texas is reopening. Excuse me, I'm sorry about that. My phone almost fell off the thing. Yeah, Texas is reopening slowly and stuff is 25% capacity. It's what they're doing. I don't really agree with it, mainly because. They're banking on people using common sense. And the thing is, is the, in Houston, the roads are flat and they're in a straight line and people still can't drive. So I don't think you're going to get common sense out of everybody. No, you're not. So, sure, they're operating 25% capacity, but you, then you got people who are going to be waiting to get in these places. You know, I mean, the park supposedly today was crowded, or at least one around where I was, it was crowded. It's just people want to get out there, you know, the restless and their rights are being infringed upon. Really, they're not. I mean, you can still go to the store, you can pick up food, you can do a whole bunch of stuff. I mean, they just want you to stay inside so you don't get this, is what's happening. But that's another entirely different conversation for another day. And yeah, I mean, I 
I deactivated my Facebook because my Facebook has become nothing but a political circus. And basically, I mean, Facebook's been pretty much that for the last 10 years, maybe. I mean, it's... I think it's a lot of people who just now... It's gotten to the point where now it's it's full of people who just need to get off the fucking computer or the phone. So, I mean, I deal with Facebook now, but, I mean, Twitter's another story. I can't go for Twitter because there's always... For every, you know, really inane tweet or take, you get some, you know, you get some funny uh, Rex Chapman videos and whatnot... It makes up for all the other, you know, bullshit. Excuse me, I'm drinking water. So, and of course, you get the, um, <clears throat> you get to call me as well. I mean, there are some, you know, there are some people who probably should get off the, you know, get off Twitter for a bit because they, it's like some of them, when they make takes, they're trying to, like, throw something against the wall and hope it sticks. You know, like, over the weekend, somebody mentioned that they, you know, they went to, they took their family to Chick-fil-A, and he said that, oh, they should run every government agency the way they, you know, they're so good, they should run every government agency. Well, <laughs> he, got a whole, he got a whole bunch of replies about people saying, well, Chick-fil-A has, is very religious, and they're going to force your religion upon you if they were in government, and it was back and forth, and I guess... The person in particular who made this tweet, Colin Dunlap, I guess he didn't care about that. He just, you know, it's just how they run things. They get shit done, is what he meant. And people just decide they want to have a, a battle with them, a religious, a religious war with them <laughs> over it. And he's like, I don't, you know, I don't care about the politics. I just know they get shit done, and I guess that's what he was trying to do, and it just didn't stick well. I mean, I, I, I made a suggestion, you know, with the Major League Baseball realigning their conferences, maybe we could do it for college, you know, football. And I'm pretty much brought up the old Big East with Penn State in it. And most of the Pitt fans were on board with it, but uh, a few Penn State fans weren't. I mean, I mean, it's just a, a it's just a, you know, a concept. I mean, it's not going to fucking happen, but I don't know why they're complaining. I mean... It's basically the Big Ten without uh, Ohio State. I mean, and it's basically the ACC without Clemson. So it's a win-win for all of us. But hey, I get it. It's Pitt. <laughs> You're in a conference of Pitt, West Virginia, Rutgers, and Temple. You don't want to be bothered with that, I guess. Anyways, speaking of Pitt, a lot of great stuff happened. Um, basketball first. We got more help for next year. Will Jeffrey is a four-star forward from Erie, committed, and he's classified for 2020, which means uh, we got some help coming, man. And Pitt's class, according to 24/7 Sports, is um, 13th nationally and fourth in the ACC. I mean, think about that. I mean, 13th in the nation, but still in the top four in the ACC. Well, I'm sure it's behind Duke and Carolina and who else. But still, it's a great class. I mean, and they got so much help underneath. I mean, William Jeffries is a power forward. John Healy, another one. He's um, a center, 6'9". Noah Collier, power forward. Norristown, PA. And that's what's crazy about this class, these three, these three key players. You got, one, you got two from PA, and you got one from Ohio. 
you know, I was expecting we'd get more kids from the ACC territories, but we got kids basically from Midwest, which you know isn't too bad. I can tell. I'll take it. I mean, hell. And then we got another another center, Max Amatson. He's a center, six ten, two thirty. He's from New York. Can't go wrong with a New York kid. And then we got Femi Okudel, Massachusetts kid, shooting guard. I mean, it's a pretty good, um, good class. I mean, um, Will Jeffers, I guess is how you pronounce it. I mean, the guy had offers from let's see. Baylor, Memphis, Northwestern, Notre Dame, Penn State, Stanford, Vanderbilt, Villanova, Virginia. So, I mean, you got a lot of sexy offers there. I mean, Villanova, Virginia, Stanford, Notre Dame, Memphis, and Baylor. I I guess you can say Vanderbilt, too, but eh. Penn State was in form, too. But I don't know, you know, I just don't understand how Pat Chambers, who's never coached in a – NCAA tournament game gets his own t- T-shirt from John Rothstein, or and slogan too. By that means, I just don't know how that how that happens. But according to Alan Saunders, Pitt has one scholarship left for the 2021-2021 season. So, well, you know, more than merrier. I mean, we got help coming in, which is awesome. I mean, I think next year. I'm not saying we're going to be a tournament team, you know, if it had, you know, but let's hope to see more improvement. Now, despite the social distancing, we land this guy. And of course, Cable's doing some more fun stuff with the virtual tours. And I know Narduzzi's doing it as well. But last, you know, this past week and weekend, we had some, uh, you know, some pit football players commit. In fact, we had one. Two, three. We had four guys last week commit. And that's phenomenal. I mean, the past signals were freaking rolling out. I mean, we, we thought it was June. I mean, we were on Twitter saying, is it June? Nah. It's freaking still April. Although it feels like, you know, June. I don't know. But let's look at the players Pitt got. Uh, Trevian Stevenson. Out of Virginia, defensive end. I saw his tape and I really liked him. I mean, the guy's going to be a real hellraiser. I mean, he looks like in his highlight films, total hellraiser. They landed two wide receivers. The first one, Jaden Bradley, out of Maryland, six four one ninety, and Miles Aston, Miles Austin, I should say. I'm sorry, he's listed as an athlete. He's from Virginia, and of course they got Terrence Rankle, offensive tackle out of Maslin, Ohio. And I can't tell you the last time we got a kid out of Maslin, Ohio. We, when Walt Harris was here, we used to recruit the hell out of Ohio. And it pissed off, supposedly, the Whipple because we were going after Ohio and Florida kids a lot. But, I mean, like, Andy Alleman and David Abdor, two guys I, I know that we, out of Maslin, we got. That's, you know... Oh, I can think of, but the guy, he had, um, his offer sheet, I mean, if you look at the complete team list, I mean, he has a whole bunch of, you know, yeah, it's a mixed bag of offers, but I mean, the ones that stand out, obviously, the ones that make it all look good, well, Arizona State offered him, uh, let's see, Cincinnati, Duke, 
Iowa State. Yeah, and there's a whole bunch of other ones in here. Purdue, Vanderbilt. So, you know, not too bad of an offer sheet. I mean, he had a whole, a boat, he had a boatload of them. And Miles Austin, Alston, I should say. I don't know why I'm getting, maybe I'm thinking table on, you know, the guy from West Virginia, but if you look at his list. Now, it's a bunch of, um, well, I mean, if you're looking at actual power offers, you got Maryland, North Carolina, Old Miss, South Carolina, Virginia, Virginia Tech. So he had offers, and then I'm sure, um, let's see. Who else is here? Jaden Bradley. Let's look at his list. I'm sure Jaden Bradley got a Maryland offer because he's a Maryland kid. Or maybe he didn't. I don't know. Let's see. Well, ones that stand out, obviously, Virginia, Wake, and Maryland. Eh, Maryland got, gave an offer. And I think Trevian Stevenson had an offer for Virginia Tech, I believe. We'll take a look at here. Let's see. He had an offer from Cal. That's one that stands out. Cincinnati, because, you know, AC is doing big things. Florida State, Georgia Tech, Iowa State, Kansas. Ooh, Louisville, Maryland, Michigan. He had a whole bunch of offers. Nebraska, Ole Miss, Penn State. Ooh, Penn State offer. So, yeah, some sexy offers there. Anyways, obviously there's some good things going on with the um, with Pitt football and basketball. And, you know, happy days are here again, I, I guess you can say. Now, let's take a look at the Steelers draft class. Well, you know, one thing I said with the draft is I really liked the format they did. I thought it was great. I mean, guys being at home, I think they should do this maybe like every other year. You know, stop with the whole, you know, having in some city and having like the big shindig. Just have just have them all do it at home. I mean, it's cool. Or at least what they can do is you have the, the first round, you know, have the big extravaganza in some city and some whatever the hell you're going to have it, like some arena or I don't know what the hell, how they do it. Have it there, but then have like the remaining rounds from home. Like have Roger Goodell, Roger Goodell do, the, do the final rounds at his home where he's drinking coffee or tea or bourbon or whatever, you know, whatever's getting, whatever he's getting hammered on. But it was fun. It was fun, fun to watch. But just looking at the Steelers draft class, um, I don't know. I, on a surface, I looked at it, and it's really, it's kind of a mediocre class. I mean, maybe it's for depth, to say the least. But you know, Chase, Chase Claypool is going to be a is going to be a, um, a contributor at receiver, but. I don't know. I mean, they they got they they drafted two kids from Maryland, and and if you guys remember, Maryland last year was hot garbage. I mean, 
Anthony McFarlane had had a really you know he had a really good year two years ago because Matt Cannon was his offensive was his coach and offensive coordinator. Last year, not so much, and unless the Steelers, you know, saw something in him that you know maybe we didn't miss we missed from last year, but overall, I mean, this class just uh, I mean they they landed the guy in Nebraska and Nebraska sucked too and. I don't know. I mean, you know, not every good player is going to play for you know a, a good team. You know, a good team. You may find ones that play on shitty teams, but I mean, I like Kevin Dotson. I like that pick. And of course, you know, Highsmith wasn't a bad pick either. I know he's out of Charlotte. People are saying, but uh, his tape looked really good. I mean, Claypool, Highsmith, and Dotson I like, but the other ones, uh, I don't know. You know, Carlos Davis, eh. You know, the Maryland guys. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, guys. I mean, I'm not an NFL draft skeleton. I'm not an expert in football, but just from a casual fan, I'm just not crazy about it. I mean, Baltimore seemed to do well, but I mean, Dobbins, Dobbins, they drafted at Ohio State. He's going to be in a crowded backfield. And on paper, AFC North belongs to the Ravens. I mean, it's theirs. But it just depends on how Lamar Jackson does not this year. I mean, does he regress? I mean, Tennessee figured him out in the, playoff, in, the, in the playoffs. And one thing I noticed, I, I mean, I rewatched that game. Tennessee and Baltimore. One thing I noticed is uh, Lamar makes the throws, but he doesn't. He needs more touches on his throws. And if you put him in a position where he can't, you know, where he, you know, if his string is erratic, stuff happens. I mean, I saw there's a bunch of drop passes. There was interceptions. And a lot of people say, well, you know, Lamar had a lot of drops, but if you look at like, look at those throws he made on some of them, they were bad throws. And so, I mean, part of me thinks that Tennessee say, so, hey, you know what, he may, if we can put him in a position where he has to throw, and I mean, this is what they did with Cordell Stewart back in the day, I mean, what some teams did, the Patriots did this with Cordell as well. I mean, if you keep him, if you keep, you know, if you kept them contained in the pocket, and if his throws just didn't have a touch on them, then that's what you bank on. But I mean, they may have had the blueprint for next year, but and all, but Lamar, you know, may watch the tape as well. He may see what he did wrong, and he may he, next next year he may, you know. Give us more to worry about. As a Steer fan, I hope he doesn't give us more to worry about because I would hate to play him. We have to play him two, two times per season, and I remember when, I remember when we had to play Steve McNair two years, two times a year. It was pure hell. When they when they um, realigned the um, conferences, I was happy that Tennessee was taken out because I got tired of playing against Steve McNair. He was just a fucking thorn on our side, and 
you know, he just would do things. I remember when we, I remember that one game in 2000, we were beating them at home. And what happened, we knocked out Neil O'Donnell. And we were all excited. What happens? Steve McNair comes in. McNair's hurt. And somehow McNair takes, takes Tennessee to the championship game. I just couldn't believe it. You know, I mean, the Twitter user Joey Bag of Donuts, um, he does a donut bag podcast. You know, he put a he put a um, a quote, not a quote, but a um, poll out about your favorite three your favorite memory from Three River Stadium. For me, it was probably the I said you know this sounds crazy, but it was the final game at Three River Stadium because I started going to the game was probably in '89. And I got really into it, I would say, from 93 to to the last game, which was 2000, 2000, yeah, 2000. But the thing about when you went to these games is you saw the same people every year. And you had friendships. I mean, every, every, every time I grew, you know, when I was growing up, I mean... You'd, you'd ask them, hey, how things are going? How's the family? You know, how how was you know how was your how was your summer? I mean, it was always like like that. And we had this old couple that sat next to us at the games, and I just remember like um, when we came back the one year, the one guy the the, the, the husband died, and um, we never saw his wife again. And I guess his sons took over the seats, and they. Made some arrangements so they can, I guess, because they had two sets of season tickets, and they arranged it so they can sit, the, you know, sit together. But I just remember there was this guy who sat next to me. It was this big hulking guy. He had a Oral Hershiser Pizza Hut relief pitcher filled with um, Coke and whiskey, and he'd pull out this big ass cigar, and he would smoke it for the entire fucking game. I mean, nice guy. He was pretty cool. I mean, but that cigar was a real pain in the ass. I mean, uh, there were some there were some days where I thought I was gonna get sick just from inhaling that shit. Then there was two drunks in front of us every game, and they would, you know, three of us had these had these. You know, there was a little section beneath us where we sat, and there was this guy who would lean over the railing smoking a cigar. And uh, they would pour beer down over the railing to put a cigar out because they didn't want that smoke coming up. I mean, it was fun stuff. I mean, guys ramping down the aisles, pouring beer all over themselves. I mean, Three Rivers was like a dump, but it was just a fun place to be. And But yeah, I mean, it was the final game. I mean, I think Poteet scores a touchdown on a pump return and fans went wild and all the Steelers came out from the you know, different eras. And then, um, you know, the fans, you know, I sat with them. We knew each other for so long. I mean, we're sitting there exchanging business cards and phone numbers and emails. And there's some people that have tears in their eyes because, you know, there was just so many memories. And, like, you know, like the people who, you know, like the sons who, you know, they're, they're her mom and dad, you know, the, where the dad died and, the, you know, the mom stopped going. Those guys, I mean, yeah, they were crying. I mean, it was a lot of memories. But, I mean, yeah, I, you know, I saw my show really good at games. I mean, 
94 was a hell of a year. I mean, it was, that was fun. I mean, you can tell they were having fun, and we would wait for this. You know, where we sat was in the end zone where the Steelers would come out to the field. When it, when it would come off, it was always a rush because you'd see, like, Kevin Green or whoever just, like, throwing their their gloves in the crowd, and they're all hyped up. I mean, there were some not-so-good times as well. I remember when they dumped, I remember when Cordell Stewart had beer dumped on him. That was, you know, a not-so-proud moment. I just remember the 98-99 seasons when Cordell would come off the uh, field to the locker room. There would be people waiting for him to boo the hell out of him. You know, and they would call him names. I mean, they would call him derogatory names, too, because you know, you know about the rumors. I mean, they, I mean, they made some pretty, yeah. The one game I remember where he really redeemed himself was the Raiders game of 2000 that same year where he got hurt. He was playing a hell of a game. He got hurt. Ken Graham came in and sucked. Cordell comes in hurt, leaves the Steelers with a comeback victory. And I just and I, one thing I remember about this game is that after the game, everybody waited for him to come out, and Cordell had a football in his hands. And he get, did the interview, and he was running. He was coming out, and... And I just remember the people were cheering for him, and he took a football and threw it up into the stands, and it was a really cool moment. And it was like people really embraced the guy again, and and it's like you you really wanted him to succeed. And the next year, he he takes the AFC title game, and things after that fell apart, and then that was that. And you know that was one person. Now, and today's NFL Corral would but dominate. I mean, because he would have an offensive coordinator that would use him like he should have been, but but yeah, I mean it's. But let me um, stop this moment to remind you about Simply Safe. It's a warm protection, guys. You can set up your you can set it up yourself, and of course, you also got people a security team waiting for you to the dispatch police if something happens. So if a purge does happen, if a purge, you know, occurs, I mean, they, you know, simply say it will protect you from it, but it'll let you know when the, when, the, uh, when, the, when the morons come to your house. So go now, get your 60-day risk-free trial, go to simplysafe.com slash team, simplysafe.com slash team today. Now, Let's see, I did the draft and through 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 his memories. I mean, yeah, it was the park games too. I mean, I went to them. I mean, you know, those were fun times. I mean, watching Bonds, Bonnie Van Slyke, all them all them guys just just dominate. I mean, if you went if you went to a park game in the nineties from nine ninety two, you were guaranteed at least something amazing from Bonds, Bonnie or Van Slyke. Well Bonnie left after you're 91, but, but at least you had Bonds and Van Slyke, and there's always, there was always something good that was going to happen. All right, so we did all that. So let's do let's do some random random things. Okay, there was a poll on Twitter about which one would you keep, and there was like four options. There was like rallies. Um, 
Five Guys, In and Out, and Whataburger. I went with Whataburger mainly because their burgers, when fresh, are really good, but it depends which one you go to because a lot of times with Whataburger, is you'll get a burger where they where the pegs have already been cooked and they just they just been reheated and they're not really fresh. But when you get a fresh burger, it's really good. But their breakfast is always fresh and like they have this breakfast on a bun, which is like basically a spicy sausage patty or bacon, top of an egg and American cheese, and it's on a hamburger bun, and it's like really good. At one time they had the spicy strawberry jelly biscuit as well. They have a honey butter chicken biscuit, but like their breakfast is pretty decent. It's funny. I mean, like with fast food, I think I'm a more I'm more a fan of breakfast than I am actual, you know, the actual um, lunch and dinner. I mean, Chick Fil A. I'm actually more of a fan of their lunch dinner than I am their breakfast. I used to be big on their breakfast, but I don't know. As I get, it just I don't know. I guess maybe I got tired of it. I've I've, done, I've, ate, I've ate it too much. That I just like I prefer. You know, the Chick-fil-A lunch dinner. Although now they have... Oh no, if you go to the app now on Chick-fil-A, they have the uh, family meals, which is pretty cool. And I guess with the, with the pandemic, they have to do that. Let me set my phone here. But I went with Whataburger because of the breakfast. Uh, Five Guys isn't bad. It's expensive. I mean, if you want... If you're trying to be like a hamburger snob... This is probably the first burger you, you 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 eat. It's basically the beginner's burger, I guess you could say, that where you become like a burger pretty much connoisseur. It's kind of like when you when you become a snob and pertains to beer. You know, there's, there's certain beers you drink that you know. For instance, Guinness. You know, your first journey to being a, a, a you know a craft beer snob is well Guinness. That would be you know because. At one time, you know, people would just, you know, you drink your Miller Lite or whatever, and you get the one dude who says, well, I'm drinking Guinness, you know, because Guinness is good. You know, it's, it's, it, it, that's your base, your gateway to the craft beer part of it. And then, you know, Five Guys is kind of like that as well. I mean, it's not bad. I mean, it's it's pricey. I remember when, I remember, you know, going to the one in Oakland, I, I would get like a double, double, um, double burger, bacon, of course, my toppings, fries, and a drink, and it'd be like around 10 bucks. Last time I went, it was like almost $15, $16. So I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't drink it. I mean, I wouldn't, I mean, I wouldn't not drink it, but I just, uh, yeah, I have to, I have to eliminate it. Uh, rallies, we have Checkers here, which is the same company, and just the burgers just aren't the same. I mean, I had Rallies when I was a kid. In Myrtle Beach, and it was good, but like now it's not so good. I mean, that actually, five guys I would not eliminate first. I would eliminate r- rallies first. Then there's In and Out Burger, and um, I love In and Out. You have to order a certain way. That's the thing. You have to get animal style, and the burger's always fresh. I mean, you never get a bad burger from In and Out, but it's just that they just have burgers. So what if I want to go to what if at Whataburger I want to have something different, you know? And plus, you know, maybe I would go in and out. You know, what? scratch that. 
I would go Whataburger first, Five Guys second, which, you know, I said was the beginners, you know, whatever. Here I am being hypocritical, but I go in and out of third, Rally's fourth. Mainly because with Five Guys, the fries are better than In-N-Out, way better. In-N-Out has these fresh cut fries, but they're just like, they don't have, there's no flavoring in them. You have to really salt the fuck out of them, whereas Five Guys is much better. And plus there's more, you know, there's more options. I mean, there's no, I mean, we go to In-N-Out, you can't get bacon on your burger. And, yeah, there's a lot more options for Five Guys, what you can put on your burger, how you can customize it. You know, if you want, if you want, if you want sautéed mushrooms, you get, you, you, you can get it. You can't get that in and out. So yeah, yeah, you know, I would do Five Guys second, then one burger first, because why? There's more of a, there's more of a variety. I mean, of what I can get at a water burger than, and it's cheaper than Five Guys. But yeah. Still though, would I if 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 it came down to what I what I eat out of Five Guys, sure. When I was in Atlanta, and I really wanted something to eat, you know, I said I need I need a place. There was a Five Guys, and that's where I went. And here it was you know bashing Five Guys and being hard on them, and now here I am warming up to them. Such you know such hypocrisy on my part. Oh, well. Anyways, I'm sure you guys watch the Jordan rules. And one thing I missed from that is, you know, being in Houston, the Rockets always get so much shit for winning those two titles. And I really don't think the Rockets really have anything, anything to be ashamed of because there were so many good teams that could have won those titles when the Bulls, when Jordan was retired. You had the Magic, you had the Knicks, I mean, you had the Suns, the Jazz. There were still plenty of teams that were there that could have took that title. I mean, someone was going to take it, and it was the Rockets. So, you know, if I'm a Houston person, I don't really feel any type of shame of winning those titles. Somebody was going to win them. And it just happened to be the Rockets. So, anyways, guys, we're at 35 minutes. I don't got much else to talk about. I mean, I could run, I could run about I can ramble about the quarantine and whatnot, but there's just so much that going on. And in Texas, they're actually going to go ahead with doing more of, um, you know, with the alcohol to go, they're going to, you know, let restaurants do that more often where they give pe- let people, you know, they, you know, they can sell people alcohol to go. And, you know, I think Pennsylvania's doing curbside now. You know what? Pennsylvania is a drinking state. They should be doing that. I had a coworker who was in oil and gas, and he worked in we had a Pittsburgh site, and he, you know, a Texas guy. He said there was, you know, him being a Texas person, he said there was nothing to do in Pittsburgh for him. I mean, he's a Texas guy. He doesn't give. A, I mean, he's oil and gas Texas guy, a grunt at that. He doesn't give a shit about museums and arts and what the fuck not. So. He said the only thing for him to do was to eat and drink. He told me. He said he said his time in Pittsburgh was the most time he ever drank because that's all it was to do. And oh, there's a there's a um, siren going off, so somebody's in trouble. They're speeding one or two. 
but yeah, he told me that's all I could do was drink. And yeah, you know, yeah, Pittsburgh's a drink. You know, Pittsburgh definitely is a drinking town with a football problem. And I don't see why they don't do curbside, you know, or let places do, you know, liquor to go or alcohol to go. I mean, makes sense. But I, it's crazy because I'm seeing like a lot of like um, stuff pop up, like uh, people that are suffering. I mean, I saw, for instance, Pio's Pub in West Mifflin. Or I think it's you know it's kind of around there. It's between it's uh it's an area between like West Mifflin, Duquesne, Homestead. I forget what the hell it's called. I forgot about this place, but um yeah they're they're advertising now, and I forgot. I mean they're all these little mom and pop bars. Yeah, I'm sure they're suffering. Anyways, guys, have a great weekend. Hell to pit, and stay safe, stay healthy. And even if uh, even if things open up, still be careful, guys, because this ain't nothing. This is like like the Wu Tang Clan. It's nothing to fuck with. Hell to pit.